Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to My Weekly Mixtape, a podcast that takes the classic mixtape approach to building a modern playlist. I'm your host, Brian Colburn. Joining me tonight as guest curator is Pantheon Podcast Network mate, Jesse Jackson, host of the Set Lusting Bruce podcast. Jesse, thank you so much for joining me tonight, man. Well, Brian, I had a blast when you joined me and we talked about Petty and your podcast. And so I am thrilled that you're letting me hang out with you. I think we're going to have a fun discussion tonight. I am so nervous about our discussion tonight, but we'll get into that in a few minutes because being you're a first time guest, I get to ask you my first time guest question, which is, Jesse, what does the word mixtape mean to you? So mixtapes to me bring to mind two things. One, you've got your either portable or actual stereo with two cassette tape decks where you could mix, you know, you could record off one and the other. Also, I am of the age that you used to have the little bitty cassette recorder that kind of looks like a brick Mm -hmm. and you push the two buttons and you would have it next to the radio. And you're like, oh, I want this song. So you would not always get because you wouldn't know. And then sometimes like uh, the song Color My World with Chicago, Mm -hmm. you would get it at the beginning. And then right before the DJ would go, Color My World on (laughs) KLOU as time goes on. So the mixtape to me is that uh, I remember and then. Then when you could go to burning CDs, that was a whole, boy, and that was like, okay, we've gone to mixtape 2.0, right? Where you could go, where you get that and burn it. So that's what it means to me. This idea of doing your own personalized, once again, I'm show my age, KTEL record. I grew up with the KTEL records on the TV, the best of the hits. And you could buy this cassette or a track with these different collections of songs on it. So that's what it means to me. Well, tonight we have the challenge. I'll do this KTEL record style. We're going to be talking Bruce Springsteen's 21 studio albums, 23 live albums, multiple B-sides, soundtrack songs and compilations. And we're whittling it down to 20 songs. 
I'm picturing song titles just scrolling endlessly up the screen right now. And I am trying to think, oh my God, what have we just got ourselves into? Now, Jesse, you host a podcast that is dedicated to all things Bruce Springsteen. So I'd love to know what your goal is for tonight's mixtape in terms of balancing the hit songs, songs that are important to his legacy, as well as personal favorites and maybe some deep cuts. So one of the things you and I brought up in our pre-show discussion to pull the curtain back is you can't even get one song per album. Mm -mm. Some of our podcast brethrens have that show where you go through, you pick one song per album. We can't even do that. Yeah, Jason Whistle over it, There Can Only Be One is smiling right now. <laughs> yes, and you have to understand you can't, you ask, what am I thinking? I'm hoping that my regular listeners don't get too PO'd at me because the discussion is going to be, how can you leave blank off a Springsteen mixtape? So there is a lot of discussion on what do we do? One of the things that I always bring up there if on Eastray Radio, which is the Sirius XM dedicated to Bruce, they have a segment called Be the Boss, mm -hmm. where you pick five songs and you send into them and you're the DJ. And I always say, don't waste a slot on Thunder Road and Born to Run. You know everyone's going to pick Thunder Road and Born to Run. So that gives you another spot. How do you do a mixtape without Thunder Road and Born to Run? Maybe as we go through this, we might, right? But mm -hmm. I think we're trying to serve many masters. And I love your premise, Brian, is that we are going to, where you're a Springsteen newbie, this will give you a feeling of what his career is. And if you're a Springsteen fanatic, we're going to try to hit as many of the highlights as we can. And somewhere in the middle, we're going to come up with our 20 songs. Well, let's get down to business and not waste any more time. Tonight, as I mentioned at the top of the yeah. show, Jesse and I will be curating the ultimate Bruce Springsteen mixtape. And we'll use the old cassette deck approach. Jesse, as my special guest, will begin side A with his first song choice, and then I'll add a song that I feel best follows up that choice. We'll then flip-flop choosing songs until we've mapped out 10 songs for side A. We'll then give our mixtape a proverbial flip, and then we'll map out side B, only this time I'll kick things off with Jesse choosing second. Our overall goal for this episode is to craft the best Bruce Springsteen mixtape possible through only 20 songs. At the end of the show, you could take our conversation to the next level by visiting the episode page at myweeklymixtape.com to give our final mixtape a listen via the embedded playlist. And if you like what you're hearing on the show, you can help me out by either telling a friend, leaving the show a five-star review wherever you're tuning in, or becoming a Patreon mixtaper at patreon.com forward slash myweeklymixtape. And a few of the Patreon mixtapers chimed in with songs they would use to kick off a Bruce Springsteen playlist. And I want to shout a few of those out. Jason Donch has chimed in with On Behalf of David Hudson from the State of America podcast, Loose Ends. Philip chimed in that he's starting with either the obvious attention grabbing sting of Born in the USA or with the deep cut Stand on It. 
Cactus Pete said there's simply way too many to choose from that I completely understand, but that he was going to make it easy on himself and pick his all time favorite Bruce song glory days, because at this point of his life, he could truly relate to it. And he's always loved it. Seeker chimed in from Australia with born to run his favorite boss track with Rosalita being a strong second option. And Sean Faust chimed in with my city of ruins to get things started with some hope. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. So Jesse, right then and there, we have a nice spectrum of musical food for thought out in the atmosphere. So I'm going to officially press the record button on our mixtape and turn the floor over to you. Why don't you dive into the song you chose to kick off side A? So a few years ago, Bruce put out the River box set and included in that box set was the original single album. Bruce actually had The River was going to be a single album. It was totally mixed and done. And then they decided, no, it needed to be a two album. One of the outtakes was a song called Meet Me in the City. It was, he did it on Saturday Night Live for that Christmas show that Tina Fey and Amy Poehler hosted. So I'm starting out with an outtake, Meet Me in the City. It is a song filled with energy. When he was doing the river tour, the second river tour, that was what they would start every show with. So I'm thinking right away, let's start out with energy, start out with something that a song a lot of people may not have heard, but a really great way to say, hey, this mixtape is not full of losers and we're pulling out of here to win. (laughs) I love the song. Now, anybody that is a Saturday Night Live diehard that watches all the seasons and all the shows will be familiar with this from the live performance, like you said, but it's one of those songs that I listen to and think to myself, how the hell did this first version of the river not get released? Because it's so strong before it became the double album. I don't know what made them think let's shelve this and start again. Cause it sounds like a perfectly finished body of work, 
through the whole listen. Absolutely. I agree. You know, one of the things little Steven says is that if Bruce had wanted to be a pop song writer, he believes he could have been one of the best pop song writers of all times because of some of the songs like Fire with the Pointer Sisters and Because the Night from Patti Smith and other songs that he's written for people that if they wanted, he could have done a lot of pop songs, but that wasn't where his heart was. Well, following that up, I am going to go with a song that I think I'm going to jump right on what you said right there, where his heart was. Because to me, 2020's Letter to You was an album that truly came from the heart for Bruce. And I think the song I'm going to pull from that is the song that he was using in the second slot in a lot of his live shows. And to me, an absolute anthem from the new album, one of the most rousing songs on Letters to You and a live staple ever since, is Ghosts. To me, this song is joy. It's written about members of the E Street Band that are no longer with us, such as Danny Federici and Clarence Clemens. I mean, in the lyrics, you could hear the joy that Bruce had having them in his life, but you can also feel the pain that they're not there with him. And those two things combined together over this rousing, joyous track, two words I've already used, really create this tension, this yin and yang pull from a song that just makes you want to get up and sing to these introspective lyrics that are how he feels about people that he's lost. So it's so conflicting. And to me, that makes for a powerful, memorable tune. And then Jake Clemens' saxophone solo. I mean, look, I get it. He is blood for Clarence. But to me, that is what truly shines on the track. And the sing-along at the end just evokes a togetherness that was custom-built for a Springsteen live show. So I'm going to follow up Meet Me in the City with Ghosts. Excellent choice. One, he played it on Saturday Night Live. So there is the theme. I don't know if you realize that. Yeah, from the same night. I probably should have mentioned that. (laughs) Yeah. And so the other thing is many of us Springsteen fans had good money that he would open the 2023 tour with Ghost. He ended up doing No Surrender. But uh, most nights, but Ghost is one of the early one. Because the idea, I hear the sound of your guitar and just going, it is joyous. I think that is excellent. And I was worried because I have multiple songs from Letter to You that we may not have gotten that on the list. So to have his latest studio album included I now feel a little bit better if none of the others make it, though I love that whole album. So great, great choice. Perfect. So I'm going to continue with the joy, and I'm going to do Out in the Street. Yes. Out in the Street is a great rocking. Once again, it's Off the River, which is in a lot of ways Bruce's most party album. When they do it live, One of the things I love is he goes out in the street, Susie, and then Susie, who's the violinist, will sing out in the street, out in the street, kneels, and then kneels. They all take it. And I have to include out in the street because it has my son's favorite lyric, 
He says, Brian, that no matter what level of the world you are in, whether you are the lowest person working in the factory or the CEO, there is not one person that on Monday morning when the foreman calls time, you don't have Friday on your mind. And that is one of the lyrics, you know. And so I think all of us feel that way. On Monday, we're already thinking about the weekend. So I'm going to go out in the street for number three. Well, not only did you scoop me on the pick, you now followed up my most favorite song from Bruce's modern catalog with my favorite song from Bruce Springsteen ever. Out in the Street is my personal favorite Bruce Springsteen song. So thank you for choosing that. Shocked that it was never released as a single. It's obviously a live staple. But again, I was also shocked that Meet Me in the City and the original version of The River was shelved. So, and this was one of the last songs recorded for the double album. And at one point, from what I've read about this song, it was almost left off the river. And I can't picture the river without this song. There's a timelessness to this track that you could say this was recorded in the 70s. And I'd believe you. You could tell me this was recorded in the 80s. And I'd believe you. You could tell me it was recorded in the 90s, the 2000s, 2010. You could tell me this was recorded yesterday. And I would believe you because it feels relevant. Everything that there is to love about Bruce Springsteen is in this song. And hell, I've talked about this on the show before. Adam Sandler covered this song as the closing track to his HBO special, What the Hell Happened to Me, that came out in the 90s. And it was at that moment that I said to myself, even if there's an Adam Sandler movie that I don't find funny, I got to hat tip this guy because he has obviously some amazing musical taste. Because to me, this is a deeper pick for people that are Springsteen newbies. And I absolutely adore it. I think it's fantastic. I did not know that Adam Sandler had done this. And so after our talk and you shared that with me, I went and looked at it and he does it straight up. I mean, there is no shtick. He isn't doing anything. Nope. This is just him with his band on there doing it straight up. And he rocks it. And it is a live stable and is that I, you know, this the whole idea uh, out in the streets. And it's just, yeah, I, I agree with you. Just, it is a wonderful song. And there is so much joy when he does this live. Uh, yeah, I agree. Well, I'm going to follow that up with the song that introduced me to Bruce Springsteen. So it's a personal favorite. Okay. To me, this song keeps the energy going from the first three songs. However, His live concerts may say otherwise because the song hasn't been played live since he did Born in the USA in its entirety. But because it's the song that introduced me to Bruce Springsteen, I wanted to include it for personal reasons. Now, I am sure there's going to be some Springsteen fans out there that are here nor there on this song. But this is one that it was a single. It was the sixth single from the album. And it motivated me to say, hey, mom, hey, dad, can you let Santa know I want this cassette for Christmas? And sure enough, I got it. And one of the first songs I fast forwarded to, or actually, I put the tape in and rewound side B to get to I'm Going Down. Now, 
I've told you I'm a Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers fanatic. So when you listen to I'm Going Down, there's a similarity there in the musical style. Those songs could be played back to back on rock radio at the time, a Tom Petty song and I'm Going Down, and feel like you're still in the same vibe. Now, I get it. The word down is used over 80 times in the song. I want to say it's 86. It would definitely make that his most repetitive lyric. But even at that point, I never got sick of it because it's the song is so infectious and it's got such a pop quality to it that you can't help but sing along with this song. And when as I got older and the novelty of just the music wore off and I started diving into lyrics and reading the lyrics and understanding where their songwriter came from, I dove into the fact that this song is truly about frustration woven through this relationship, whether it be personal, sexual, however you want to put it, that part went right over my head when I was a kid listening to the music. And when I got older and started thinking more about lyrics, it hit home with me on a different level. And I'm going to also go on on a limb by saying when bands like Trampled by Turtles cover the song in bluegrass fashion, Frank Black and the Cadillacs cover it in punk rock style, and Vampire Weekend takes an indie stab at the track. Here's a song that's crossing through different genres of covers and still holding an impact on people and still working in all of those different musical atmospheres. That just goes to show what a prolific songwriter Springsteen is. And to me, this is probably one of the more underrated singles from born in the USA, even though it was a hit. Yeah. I think you mentioned this, the turtles, right? Didn't you mention trampled by turtles? Them? Yes. Yeah. So that's from an amazing Dead Man Town, a tribute to Born in the USA, all done by Americana artists. Uh, Holly Williams does No Surrender. Jason Isbell and Amanda Shires do Born in the USA. It is too many people. And when someone tells me I don't like Bruce Springsteen, I go, do you listen to anything besides Born in the USA? That CD. Because that can be overplayed. What I think too many... Bruce Springsteen fans forget that it was the gateway album. There are some people that will only go with Born in the USA and then they'll move on. But many people bought that album and then discovered The River, Born to Run, Greetings from Ashbury Park, right? This taught them, I like this guy. And Going Down is one of those that is not as overplayed as you're much. You're right. It's not normally in the rotation doing it live. And this may be one of the few songs from Born in the USA I've never heard live. So I think that's a perfect song because it you're like, oh, you're picking something from Born in the USA. But unlike, say, Bobby Jean, which I adore, or Darlington County or something, it is something a little more that's, you know, kind of fits this. So I love the idea that you're talking about heartbreak. So I'm going to slow us down a little bit and talk about a different kind of heartbreak with racing in the street. Mm. Earlier this year, I had five Springsteen fans join me on a Saturday morning and Chris Bloom from South Africa put together 256 Bruce Springsteen songs. And we did round robin tournament style. 
this or this, this all, all the way down to number one. And believe it or not, Racing in the Street is what won. That was when we looked at all the different songs, Racing in the Street is ended up being the best. I think whether it's the version that was released, there's a 78 version that is a little bit slower, but Racing in the Street is Bruce's first try at a Beach Boy song, right? I fun cars and I'm going to do it my way. I love racing in the street, the instrumental, the voice. And so I think we've gotten four really strong pop songs. And now that we're kind of dropping it down a little bit, racing in the street would be my choice. I'm just hearing that beautiful piano coming out of the speakers right after I'm going down fades out. It's a really nice transition. And this is truly a beautiful song. You could hear the angst of darkness on the edge of town in racing in the streets. The storyline that's woven throughout that album, it's definitely a much more, I don't want to use the word bitter because that comes across wrong, but it's definitely people that are a little jaded. The characters from born to run are in a different place on this album. And I think this song is a great way to sum it up. Coming out of that's yeah. going to be really tough because it's a it's a slower song, but there's this angst in it. And I think I'm going to tap into that a little bit more and go a little more. Let's get a little more angsty here. And I am a absolute sucker for cover songs. And when I think about cover songs that Bruce did, I think about one in particular Because when I was a child, I had no idea that this was a cover song. It wasn't until I started reading the liner notes. And this is a song that's not even officially on a Bruce Springsteen studio album, unless you buy the essential Bruce Springsteen three CD set and it's on disc three. But originally when I was growing up, it was on the 1985 compilation. We are the world. To me, the most memorable song off the entire compilation, his cover of Jimmy Cliff's Trapped, recorded August 6th, 1984, right down the street from where I grew up, less than a mile, Meadowlands Arena. Even though the song was never released as a single, it peaked at number one on Billboard's rock charts. So right there, that says that this song meant something to people, that it wasn't released officially. But I heard it nonstop on New York rock radio growing up on New York Top 40. This was everywhere. Pretty much, I'd say as much as I was hearing We Are the World on the radio, I was hearing Trapped. And I guess because of the fact that it's not on an official Bruce studio album other than the essential Bruce Springsteen, I would say this falls under the quote unquote underrated section of Bruce songs Maybe a deeper cut, maybe a B-side. I don't know how you would, what you would officially classify this as, but it topped the rock chart. So to me, that says it's important otherwise trapped live from the We Are the World compilation. So for those of you who are pretty big Springsteen fans listening to this, you know this, but for the rest of you, there was a little bit of controversy in 2023 because Bruce, for the first time in multiple tours, was not changing his set list as much as he had in the past. Early in his career, even as late as The Rising, 
his set list was pretty set. But over the past tours, he's been pretty flexible. And that's where the name of my podcast comes from, Set Lusting Bruce. You're at home, not at a show, you're seeing social media, and instead of set listing, you start set lusting, I can't believe. So on this discussion that many people were thrilled when he brought out Trapped, and they felt like, oh, at least we got Trapped. Now, to me, Trapped is just another cover song. I do not have the emotional attachment to it that you do, but I am also the person that is not the biggest fan of Jungle Land, okay. which makes people hate me. Uh, you <laughs> I know, would never say I hate. know I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. So I think that you absolutely have made a ton of diehard Springsteen fans thrilled and they try to explain it to me and I get it. The reason why this is so different from the original. Yes. I mean, it is he takes this iconic song and totally reinvents it and puts it out there, as you say, not even from original album. So it is now I, I've heard it live and it is an amazing song. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love hearing it. I will never complain hearing it. So. I think an excellent choice. I and mean, I think it definitely fits our theme of where we're going. Oh, perfect. Perfect choice. Well, now we're back to you now to follow it up. All right. So there are going to be albums that aren't included in this mix just by pure. And, you know, and we've already picked two songs that were not on official releases. So that means there's going to even be more albums. But. I thought Nebraska had to be on this. There has to be a song from Nebraska on this because Nebraska is often people who are into punk, who are into really mm -hmm. wild music will pick Nebraska as their favorite album. Warren Zane was on the podcast earlier this year. He wrote a great book, Deliver Me From Nowhere, The Making of Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska. Anyone who loves music at all, I recommend the book immediately. Go get it. It is a mystery. Why does Bruce Springsteen put out The River? And then two albums later, Born in USA, why did he put this silent little album? And for those of you who may not know, bear with me. He recorded this on a home recorder mm -hmm. and carried the cassette without a case around in his pocket because he thought it was going to be demos that the E Street Band would do. And no one, as success has many fathers, many people have said, but the story most told is Little Steven says, this is the album. You don't need to have us do it. So I'm going to pick Atlantic City. Nice. I think it fits with Tracked. I think Atlantic City is, as you say, you've heard the band cover it. You've heard other people cover it. It is a great song, and you've got that meet me in Atlantic City, right? Everything dies, baby, that's a fact. Everything dies, but sometimes comes back. So I think, and one of my favorite personal moments, I was in New Orleans. We were at a kind of a roundtable, people doing jam session. The lady was passing the hat. I asked, my wife said, go ahead, ask her. And I said, yeah, what are you asking about? And I said, 
I'm a huge Bruce fan. And she goes, oh, I love it. Atlantic City. I'll do Atlantic City for you. And they did it for me. So I think Atlantic City fits in perfect with our theme. We're a little bit slower or a little bit. And that way we get Nebraska checked off our list. Fantastic pick. I mean, Rolling Stone, I, I, I take what they say with a grain of salt, but sometimes they even manage to get it right. And they ranked it on back in 2021 on their 500 best songs of all time. And there's something that you mentioned it, the punk community. This album has a punk spirit to it. When you listen to guys that record albums with acoustic guitars, but with that punk flair, there's almost this outlaw. I don't want to say outlaw country because that might, it's not a country album, but that vibe, that pretense is in the music. I love the DIY fact that it's so simple, a four track recorder. And it's so personal and it's such a powerful moment in between the river and born in the USA. Music has dynamics in it. And the loudness war has stopped a lot of people and especially younger kids from understanding musical dynamics, where in a song like Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin, the loudest part of the song should not be as audible as the quietest part of the song. And on the original vinyl, when Robert Plant is done at the end saying, and she's buying a stairway to heaven, it is a lot lower than when their full band is blaring. But when you listen to recent remasters of it, it's the same volume. To me, Nebraska is the dynamics of Bruce Springsteen, where the river is high and loud and big, and so was born in the USA. But Nebraska's the dynamics. And I absolutely love the pick. The other thing, right, is that Warren talks about in the book that often we need to take a step backwards in a moment of reflection before we move forward. And they mention other creative people that have done that. Yeah, and it is a dark album. I mean, the title track is about a serial killer, right? You know, Highway Patrolman, about brothers, you know. There is so much used car, so many wonderful story songs on that. There's just Bruce and his guitar and maybe harmonica. So, yeah, if you've not spent time with Nebraska, I think you should do yourself a favor and spend some time with it because it is rightly considered a gem. And to follow that up, that's difficult because I kind of want to go big and loud Again, sure. with the dynamics at play here, but I think I'm going to do this in a, I'm going to keep this in Jersey because Trapped was recorded at the Meadowlands Arena. Then you hopped in your car, you drove down the turnpike, got on the Garden State Parkway and went down to Atlantic City. Now I'm just going to turn around and come straight back to the Meadowlands and I'm going to go with the title track of Wrecking Ball. My grandfather was part of the labor foreman that helped construct the original giant stadium. So this song, when that stadium was being torn down, it was tough on my family because that was a piece of his legacy that was now going to be a parking lot. And when Bruce made that part of the theme of this song, it truly resonated with me and my family because... The same things we were feeling, here's this person that we don't know. He obviously has you know no connection to us other than all being from New Jersey. He was able to put into words what we were feeling about those moments. 
And, you know, you just from the opening lyrics, I was raised out of steel here in the swamps of Jersey some misty years ago through the mud and beer and the blood and cheers. I've seen champions come and go just poetic. I absolutely love this song and coming out of Nebraska, there's still a touch musically of this Americana, almost folk vibe that is woven throughout wrecking ball. But then the song builds into this massive stadium anthem. So to me, it's a nice transition musically out of Atlantic city and it keeps us in Jersey. And if you're going to name the album, a track on the album, it better be a memorable Bruce Springsteen track. And I think he knocked it out of the park with this one. So I'm following Atlantic city up with wrecking ball. Um, I love wrecking ball. It is one of my favorite modern era albums. I think there is so much good on there and the idea you know, hold on to your anger, but don't fall to your fears. I was very upset unfairly, but when Texas Stadium in Dallas was imploded because they now had the new Jerry World, mm -hmm. um, I was like, why are they not playing Wrecking Ball, right? Why are they not playing Wrecking Ball, even though it was about, you know, and, and the live version, we're going to tear the old girl down. I just love this song. I'm so glad that we've got something from Wrecking Ball and it is such a perfect, just an anthem. And so I'm going to keep it rolling. We're down to our last two songs on the cassette. So from Wrecking Ball, let's go 10th Avenue Freeze Out. Nice. Right? We kind of did Trapped Atlantic City. And now then Wrecking Ball kind of brings us up there, that anthem. And then we go right to 10th Avenue Freeze Out. I don't think there's much that needs to be said about this song. It is just an absolute anthem. Ugh, what else could you possibly say? It's one of those songs that just emotes what the E Street Band is all about. It's one of those what can you possibly say that hasn't already been said about the song, but I'm just going to leave it at the big man joins the band. I mean, that's all that needs to be said about this. And now I have the challenge of following that up. It's really tough. I actually want to do something that might be, to Bruce fans, a little controversial, but I feel like it might actually work here. And we have not gone back to the same album twice yet, technically, if you want to count Meet Me in the City and Out in the Street by association from the River Box set, you could say that. But I think to close out Side A, we want people up and singing along and dancing and I just told you I have an affinity. If you're going to name the album, you better do it right. Let's follow up 10th Avenue Freeze Out. You said we're going to do at least one of them. Born to Run to close out Side A. Perfect. I absolutely agree. We don't need to justify why we're putting Born to Run on there. But I think that is perfect, right? That you do the 10th Avenue Freeze Out is the story of the band. You know, when the big man joined the band and people go crazy before we lost Clarence and even more now. And so to have that go into the lights have now gone up in the stadium, right? Everyone's screaming and yelling. I think that is a perfect way to end because now then, you know, everyone is just ready to flip over. So, oh, I think that is perfect. That is absolutely. And I'm looking at our, goes and i'm like that's a hell of a side 
Well, that mixtapers concludes side A of our ultimate Bruce Springsteen mixtape, which consists of Meet Me in the City from the River box set, Ghosts from Letter to You, Out in the Street from the River, I'm Going Down from Born in the USA, Racing in the Street from Darkness on the Edge of Town, Trapped from the We Are the World compilation, Atlantic City from Nebraska, Wrecking Ball from the album of the same name, and then 10th Avenue Freeze Out and Born to Run, both from Born to Run. Head over to MyWeeklyMixtape.com to hear all the songs we've discussed in this mix through the playlist embedded on the episode page. Now, before we flip the tape over to Side B and I kick that off, Jesse, why don't you tell the My Weekly Mixtape listeners a little bit about Set Lusting Bruce? Absolutely. So Set Lusting Bruce has been going on since 2015. What we do is I invite people who, not just Bruce Springsteen fans, but someone who loves music to join me and we talk about how music has enhanced their lives. Whether it's Tom Petty, whether it's Aretha Franklin, whether it's Leonard Cohen. And so we talk about it. We talk about their childhood growing up, what kind of music they listened to. What about this artist spoke to them if they've seen them live, if they not talk about the favorite music. So basically, this gives a chance for people to share stories about why music and sometimes a specific musician, sometimes a general brand of music, why it has meant so much to them. You know, Brian, I believe music helps us mourn. It helps us celebrate. It helps us grieve. It helps us feel joy. And I love capturing that story where people talk about seeing Bruce only the one time they've seen him or someone who's seen him a hundred times, someone who's seen Jimmy Buffett 30 times. And so I had someone on to talk about his passing. So if you like good stories, then I think you will like Set Lessing Bruce because that's all it is. It is just two people having a conversation and talking about why music in a specific musician's music means so much to them. It was an absolute pleasure when I was able to join the show. So I'm happy to repay the favor to you here tonight. And like I said, I was a little nervous going into side A, not knowing where we would head with this mixtape. But I think right now the balance that we were talking about at the beginning of the episode is being achieved. So to kick off side B, I want to try to achieve that balance once again. So I'm going to start with something. You started side A with something that was a little deeper. I'm going to start off side B with something that's not deep at all. And I'm shocked it wasn't a top 40 hit because it's truly one of his most beloved songs and a mainstay of his live show. I'm going with Badlands from 1978's Darkness on the Edge of Town. I've read and heard other people discuss that I mentioned this earlier. Darkness reflects the characters of Born to Run getting older and becoming more pessimistic about things. And when you listen to lyrics in Badlands, like poor man wants to be rich, rich man wants to be king, king ain't satisfied till he rules everything. You could feel the pessimism in that song. And over the years, I've loved the relationship that Bruce has had with the Dropkick Murphys. He has guested on a song on one of their albums. They have jammed with him on songs, including American Land from Wrecking Ball. 
then Bruce joined Dropkick Murphys virtually for the COVID lockdown show that the Murphys did on the field at Fenway Park, which was truly memorable. And the Dropkick Murphys during all of that have covered this song in punk fashion and the angst and anger of a punk band to me, even with all the extra distortion and everything, Bruce's version is still just as heavy and still just as angsty as any punk band can do it. And that's something that was hard to capture. And he truly captured it on this track. And I think that's why it's an anthem for pretty much every tour since he's been out there. So I'm kicking off side B with Badlands. Great choice. He often will start a tour with Badlands. It is a audience favorite. Those lyrics, as you say, are amazing. Boy, now I'm you know, I'm trying to decide because there's so many places you could go. You could go Promised Land. But I think I'm going to go, and once again, we're repeating, but I think No Surrender is a great segue from Badlands to go No Surrender. I think that gets us off to a really strong start. And so, yeah, I'm going to do No Surrender from Born in the USA. Born in the USA. All right. And that's, again, that's a quote unquote, I'm going to use the word deep cut. Yes. From Born in the USA with a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, because let's be honest, anything on Born in the USA is not really a deep cut. Yeah. But when you think about it, it wasn't a single. Nope. But there is so much joy in that song. 100%. Yeah. All right. Well, what I'm going to do is go with a song that I loved during my senior year of high school. Yes. Now, I graduated in 1995. And if you would have told me that a song that I rocked throughout my whole senior year at high school was recorded 13 years earlier and should have been included or was meant to be included on Born in the USA, I wouldn't have believed you. But I am going off of his greatest hits album, Murder Incorporated. Ooh. Think about this. A song that's recorded in 1982 is released in 1995 with a video that's recorded at um, Tramp's nightclub in New York City. I have to throw the dad pun in there, but... To me, that live video was so memorable. You feel the energy of the band. This is coming out of a moment when Bruce just did Human Touch and Lucky Town. And this is kind of getting the E Street Band back together, even though the song was recorded earlier. So there's an intensity and a vibe on this song that I think is on the same playing field as Out in the Street because it's timeless. The fact that it was released 13 years after it was recorded and still made a splash shows the longevity and the power of the song. They didn't feel the need to try to recapture it and re-record it like some of the other songs he put at the end of Greatest Hits. They left the original 82 version. And to me, that that speaks volumes. It's been played over 250 times live, but hasn't been played since 2017. And to me, that's a shame because this is an all-time great for him, Murder Incorporated. I love that pick. Kind of a surprise pick. I love that. So I'm going to have to pivot. And based on your, this was on my list, but I didn't think we would get to it. 
but I'm going with your theme. When Bruce was doing Letter to You, there is a documentary that's on Apple TV that I recommend people watching. It is fascinating because this is the first time the band had recorded kind of together in a lot of years. And they had talked about, quit. let's not play Beat the Demo, right? Like Bruce would come in, already have a demo of all the songs. And if you're Gary Talent, who's the bass player, I've got to play a bass better than what Bruce did on the demo. <laughs> so he came in and he just had the songs and he played them on his guitar. And you see all the band members with their legal pad and pencils writing down. He recorded three songs on Letter to You that were from the early, early times. And one of them, as far as we know, till this tour had only been played once live. It was one of the songs he played for John Hammond when he was applying, and it was If I Was the Priest. Same theme, Murder Incorporated, an older song coming back, If I Was the Priest, an absolutely amazing song. Little Steven has a great solo at the end. He tells the story that John Hammond said, yeah, I got a note from someone that said, if you aren't careful, you're going to run out of words in the dictionary if you keep writing this way. And uh, that was Bob Dylan told John Hammond that about Bruce. If I was the priest is what Outlaw Pete wanted to be. And so once again, I'm a little surprised Letter to You is getting two songs, but I'm also not surprised because it's his latest solo album and someone is still in their 70s throwing a fastball, to use the baseball metaphor. I was in Houston and Bruce said, I wrote this song 50 years ago, and I still don't know what the F it's about. And we looked at each other, my friends, and said, no, no. And when he went into If I Was the Priest, we lost our shit. He played it in Houston. He played it in Austin. I got it twice on the tour and was just amazed. So I was like, okay, I'm on house money now. He can play whatever he wants. <laughs> I had If I Was the Priest twice. I am over the moon. I will be very curious to see how Bruce fans take two songs from Letter to You in this mix, but to me, this is up there with Ghost as two of the best tracks on the album. I also think this is one of my favorite parts of that documentary on Apple TV, so I love the pick. Well, let me see if what I follow up, if I was the priest with, falls under your he could play anything now, because to me, yeah. we're on side B of a mixtape. I want to dig a little deeper now. Okay. Before we kind of ramp it back up at the end with the crowd favorites, because again, we're trying to strike a balance between big right. hits and deeper cuts to kind of give people a roundabout explanation of Bruce Springsteen. And I want to go with a song that I feel might be, in my opinion, one of his most underrated songs from one of his more recent albums. And I'll say more recent, meaning post 2000. Right. Bruce had stated about this particular track that this is a song about things that shouldn't happen here happening here and i want to go off of 2004's magic and i want to go with living in the future to me magic is just an all-around underrated springsteen album but living in the future is so underrated in my humble opinion like out in the street, it has this timeless energy to it. If you told me that living in the future was originally written for born to run or darkness on the edge of town, I would have believed you musically, not lyrically, because lyrically, the song is definitely rooted in the two thousands, but musically 
you could have told me that that music for that song was written for those two albums. And I would hundred percent believe you. Here's a song with this very happy, inviting exterior. But when you dive into it, it's a pretty scathing track. And he has explained the meaning of the song as political in nature. However, when you listen to lyrics like, and what I knew had come stars struck deaf and dumb. Like when we kissed the taste of blood on your tongue, there's many relationship layers, no matter what that relationship is, whether you want to take it literally or diving into other relationships people have. This song to me is just a absolute classic that, I am shocked wasn't a single from this album that didn't get more airplay because it's just an amazing, deeper Springsteen cut. So, Brian, I'm really tempted to do Long Walk Home, right? <laughs> he has that one-two punch, right? Yes. Uh, Long Walk Home is another amazing song, but you've got me in a magic mood. So I'm going to stick with magic, but I'm going to change our tune just a little bit. We already talked about his original Brian Wilson Beach Boy theme song. I'm going to do Girls in Their Summer Clothes. Ooh. Right? Something that I'm sure most people have not heard. Um, It is a very much a version of a Beach Boy song. A lot of wonderful harmonies in it. A lot of strings. I think because they're both from Magic, they are a nice little segue We are giving a lot of love to, I think we've done a lot of throughout his career. So I'm going to do Girls in Our Summer Clothes because one of my favorite songs. And so I'm going to throw it on there. So I'm going to ask you as somebody who's hosted a Bruce Springsteen podcast, if you say to people, hey, we put together our 20 song Bruce Springsteen list and two tracks back to back come from Magic. What's the response going to be? I'm being genuine when I ask that. Would they be shocked? Would there be a lot of people that feel the same about this album? So I think there are two types of people. There are many fans that believe that Darkness on the Edge of Town, that 78 tour, was the height of the E Street Band. There are people that swear that the tour they had in 78, there was no better tour, and that Darkness was the best album Bruce ever did. Other people say Magic is a unrecognized gem. That many people say that Magic, because it's the modern era, doesn't get as much love as it deserves. Long Walk Home, Living in the Future, Gypsy Biker. I'll work for your love. Heck, Radio Nowhere. Yeah, Radio Nowhere. Absolutely. I could have started this mixtape with Radio Nowhere. I mean, just as easy. That is a song that just gets you up and moving. I'm hoping that we're running out of slots. I was hoping to get something from Western Stars. Don't know if it's going to happen. I have some of them on my thing. But I think people will say it's impossible to get everything on there. And if you're going to have a modern album... It's kind of cool that Magic and Letter to You are both getting some love. Well, we're going to give one more some love right now because I want to go back just a couple of short years prior to Magic. And I want to go with a song that originally was written about Asbury Park. However, after 9-11 and that opening version on the Tribute to Heroes telethon, 
My City of Ruins became such an important song to me living just on the other side of the city at that point. I was actually on a bus heading into New York City during 9-11 when things were happening. And when I turned that telethon on and he opened with this song, it spoke to me in words that you could not imagine. I had no idea at the time that the song was just you know, written a few years prior. I had no idea it was about Asbury Park. To me, Sean Faust had mentioned at the top of the show, this song is about joy. And it's truly the perfect way to close out the rising. There's a gospel-esque nature of this song. The with these hands moment is absolutely spine tingling. And to me, this is going to be always ranked in my probably top five of all time. And it could be his most powerful song to me just from my personal experiences and how this song spoke to me at a time when I needed that joy and my city of ruins. I can't picture a Bruce Springsteen 20 song list without it. So I have to include it here. So the rising is the only song that I have seen. I have gone to Bruce 19 shows and the rising is the only song that has been played on all 19 shows. So People ask me, when did you become a Springsteen passionate slash obsessive? And there's a couple of moments. I was a fan of everyone, but after 9-11, I turn on the TV for this telethon, this fundraiser, and you see the candles and you hear Bruce, a prayer for our fallen brothers and sisters. And when they go into that, And you hear that rise up, rise up. It chills, chills. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then in 2002, I saw the rising was my first tour. And that was it. I was sold. I was like, I know this is now my guy. This is my band. I will always love the Beach Boys and a lot of other bands. But Bruce is it. And so I absolutely wanted something for the rising. And My City of Ruins is a perfect choice for that reason. I mean, you're telling that story and mine was exact. And I think that there are hundreds, if not thousands of people who saw that and needed that, Mm -hmm. you know, that feeling, that feeling of Bruce and then saying, and it feels like it was written for 9-11, but it wasn't. And it's just a perfect song. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Ah, so that was strong. So we got Living in the Future, Girls in the Summer Clothes, My City of Ruins. Um, I think I'm going to try to change our tone a little bit. And I'm going to go tougher than the rest from Tunnel of Love. Oh, I was tempted one step up, but I'm going to do tougher than the rest. If you push me, Tunnel of Love is my favorite Bruce Springsteen album. I just love that album. I think it's an album that as you grow, the album grows with you. You have to have your heart broken a few times to really appreciate the songs. The premise, this is after he had darn born in the USA and he was married to Julianne Phillips at the time. The marriage was not going well, partly because he did not believe anyone could, he wasn't worthy of love. and so. Tougher Than the Rest is kind of a country song, 
But I just love that. And I wanted something from that album. So I think My City of Ruins flows through Tougher Than the Rest. This is one of the songs he did on Broadway with Patty. Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. what I'm going to go. Fantastic pick. I'm actually surprised you didn't go with the Broadway version because that one with Patty is definitely memorable as well. But we haven't really, besides Trapped, we really haven't dove into a lot of live stuff tonight, which is another interesting choice. Put it down. Tougher than the rest from Broadway. Oh, you're going to say from Broadway instead. Okay. Yeah. Now that you said that, absolutely. We need to do that. You know, I haven't been thinking which versions, but absolutely. Tougher than the rest from Broadway is great call, Brian. Well, we have one song each left. Right. And we are talking about decades of massive hits here. I feel like we've gone a little deeper on side B than we did on side A, which is the case on a lot of mixtapes. Because if you've got somebody into your mixtape on side A, side B is where you can kind of try to lure them into other bands you're into or other songs. Or And to me, I feel like we're giving people a nice mix of stuff from all over his career. But we're at the end of the road here. So I want to put in a song that everybody knows, everybody loves, Everyone's going to sing along. And I am so scared to say it because I am afraid of the hardcore fans maybe going Ugh, all at once. But I told you I got born in the USA for I'm going down. And when my first song that I bought the cassette for finished, I heard the opening riff to glory days. And to me, those two songs back to back were what made me fall in love with Bruce Springsteen as an artist. And I played those two songs back to back so much as a kid, and I loved them. But as an adult, with kids of my own now, the lyrics mean a lot more to me than they did when I was a kid. Very much the way Cactus Pete said it, I hear this song through a new lens now. My band covers this song when we play. We call it our contractually obligated New Jersey Bruce Springsteen cover song of the night. But it's one that every time we play it, everybody in the room gets up and sings along. And it's one of those songs that I know hardcore fans are probably tired of hearing because it is what made Born in the USA such a big album. And if it's not the reason, it's one of the reasons because there were so many popular songs from that album. But... At the end of the day, there's a lot of people that truly love this song and its endurance and its staying power that I feel like this kind of balances out the deeper cuts on side B with something that's so big, it kind of makes it a little more even playing field here. I might have gone Dancing in the Dark instead of Glory Days, but I think either one of them for the longest time, he didn't play either. I mean, he would not play them both. He is kind of now on his tour. I love Glory Days. I think Glory Days is a song that as a fan of music, it is hard to get tired of. Mm -hmm. And that video, that video, you wanted to be in that club. You wanted to see little Steven playing that mandolin and Max twirling the drumsticks. I love Glory Days. I mean, everyone's laughing and joking. And so I agree that that is a really, really perfect next to last song. Well, that's the penultimate. You get to close us out tonight. You kicked us off with Meet Me in the City from the Riverbox set. Yeah. What are we closing out the night with tonight? 
So when people ask me, what is your favorite Bruce Springsteen songs? I always say Better Days off his The Other Band, right? Because that song says that life is a journey and you've got to enjoy that journey. And Land of Hope and Dreams. So I saw when I was going to be last, I'm like, okay, Land of Hope and Dreams. I mean, that's how we're going to end. But it's Thunder Road. But it's Thunder Road. (laughs) It's like when I think about it, how can you not? And I cannot believe that I have a choice and I am not picking Land of Hope and Dreams. But it just seems perfect. You hear the Broadway tougher than the rest. Glory days. And then you could see the band has left. And I would do a solo version of Thunder Road, right, Bruce, or even the band. It does really where he's telling us goodbye. The other thing I thought of, I'll see you in my dreams because, you know, we love, but Letter to You's already gotten two songs. Mm-hmm. So I think Thunder Road is, we got Bowen to Run and Thunder Road in both of them, but it seems like the perfect way to kind of end the side, right? This invitation to join us. Well, and there's something about this song I would like you to talk about on Set Lusting Bruce, because we talked about this, and this is something you talk about with everybody. And I would love for you to explain what that is to the My Weekly Mixtape listeners. I will love to do that, Brian. So maybe a year, not even two years into my podcast, I had a guy named Jay Armstrong join me, and he was an honors English teacher. And he's a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. And he talked about that he would give his students the lyrics to Thunder Road and they would treat it as if it was a poem. They would compare it to like Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken. They would talk about it and they would spend two classroom sessions, days, breaking down Thunder Road and then at the, discussing it. And at the end of the second day, he would ask his class and that was their assignment. Does Mary get in the car? So when he told me that, I went, what are you talking about? Of course she gets in the car. I mean, it's in the song. Mary, you know, climb in. We're pulling out of here to win. He goes, if you look at the lyrics, I'm pulling out of here to win. What? Wait a minute. So I've listened to the song. And so now then, seven years later, I end every podcast with the Mary question. I tell my guests beforehand whether they're a Bruce fan or not, I said, listen to Thunder Road, read the lyrics, and then give your opinion. Does Mary get in the car? Half the people say, yes, she gets in the car. How could she not? And the other half say, no, she's not getting in the car. And they give the reasons why. So that's my homework I give to everyone. And you gave a great answer. But yes, so I remember a few years ago, Joe Montana was on a sports station. And they were talking afterwards, what a great guest he was. And they said, how could someone be that nice? He married Miss World, you know, the prettiest girl in the world. (laughs) And when you have the discussion of the greatest quarterback of all times, he's in the discussion. He may not win. And this was before Brady had won all these, right? And so when you discuss the greatest rock song of all times, Thunder Road, is in the discussion. You know, it, it, you know, and so we've got to end with Thunder Road. And I will just tease and say, head over to Set Lusting Bruce and listen to my episode if you want to hear my answer. I will not spoil that here. Yes. 
There you have it, folks. Side B of our ultimate Bruce Springsteen mixtape, which kicked off with Badlands from Darkness on the Edge of Town, No Surrender from Born in the USA, Murder Incorporated from his greatest hits, If I Was the Priest from Letter to You, Living in the Future and Girls in Their Summer Clothes from Magic, My City of Ruins from The Rising, Tougher Than the Rest from the Broadway Live Album, Glory Days from Born in the USA, and Thunder Road from Born to Run. Head over to MyWeeklyMixtape.com to hear all the songs we've discussed in this mix through the playlist embedded on the episode page. Now, Jesse, if people want to hear my answer to the Thunder Road question, why don't you let people know where they can tune into and learn more about Set Lusting Bruce? Yes, Seth Lusting Bruce is a proud part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. I love the fact that I am part of a group that does nothing but music podcasts. Yeah, so if you look for Seth Lusting Bruce anywhere where you get your podcast, you can hear us. SethLustingBruce at gmail.com is my email address. You can send me. I am currently on Twitter, AKX, at Jesse Jackson DFW. I would love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear you curse us on what songs we left. I have another 12 that we didn't even get to talk about, right? I mean, we didn't get anything from his first album I had growing up. I'd love something from Western Star. So yeah, this was a lot of fun and I feel pretty proud of us. I think we did a good job of trying to capture the well-known songs and mixing in with maybe some of those rarities that if you're a casual Springsteen fan, you have not heard. And hopefully it'll make you want to go, well, maybe I should explore more of Bruce's music. Amen. And one thing that's the beauty of making mixtapes, there's always time for a volume two. Jesse, thank you so much for joining me on my weekly mixtape. I'm looking forward to continuing our musical relationship through Pantheon. And it was an absolute pleasure having you on tonight. Thank you, Brian. This was a joy. Remember, mixtapers, you can find My Weekly Mixtape on all the social media haunts at My Weekly Mixtape. You can also head to MyWeeklyMixtape.com to check out the full catalog of My Weekly Mixtape episodes. And if you like what you're hearing on the show, you can help me out by either telling a friend, leaving the show a five-star review wherever you're tuning in, or becoming a Patreon mixtaper at Patreon.com forward slash My Weekly Mixtape. That's all for this week. Thanks again for listening. And until next time... Enjoy the tunes. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.